All right, that requires just a deep breath. Well, because I'm just in a happy, happy place. I hope you guys are too. We have blue skies. I don't know if you noticed today, they're absolutely gorgeous. Yes, you can talk about the weather in Calgary. We're also going to talk about the three best things you can do for community. I, heard, I hope you all heard Dale Sutter's quote this week. It was really good. He said, you can have a sporting event. There's a game on tonight. If you, if you didn't know, talk to some of your friends. They'll let you know. The second thing was church. It was kind of interesting to see someone in a sports interview just talk about church and community. And the third thing we just did, we experienced it, was music. Like, talk about a, we're, we're, we're all good today. Like, I don't know about our friends who aren't here, but we're all good in terms of that. So enjoy your morning. We're talking about generosity today, and I'm glad that I got to ask for your money before Jeff makes you feel guilty that maybe you're not generous enough later in the message. But we were talking about it just as the, as the team in advance, and it's really, if generosity comes from the heart, that's what we're really talking about. So whether you're giving your money, your time, your talent, we really want it to come from here. Because then it's this pool that just keeps growing. When it feels like, you know, you have to kind of scrap and, oh man, where have I got money? Or I don't have any energy. It doesn't really fill you up afterwards. And that's what we're talking about today. We as a church and our community here, we're so generous. We're, we're keeping this thing going. We've kept it going through COVID. We're keeping it going now. And we want to thank you for your generosity. And just, we're going to ask you always to give, but we want you to give from a good place so that it doesn't ever feel like it's out of guilt. If you're new here, you do not have to give money. <gasps> oh, well, this is just double, double good message today. But if you do feel that, hey, you know what, I want to support this, this feels like a community I, I could get behind, we want to encourage you. Open up your heart, open up your wallets, open up your time. It's a good thing to be generous. And now, Jeff will make us all tell us about how we can refine that generosity muscle. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Thanks Trevor. Good morning, everyone. Uh, look, at, I'm not going to make anyone feel guilty uh, about generosity. That is not the plan this morning. I, but I do want to talk about it. Um, you know, I was only five years old. My, my parents were going through a divorce. My, my dad had moved out. He had moved north of Edmonton. We were living here in Calgary, and one night, our next-door neighbor, Mr. Malarchuk, his name was Chuck, but I called him Mr. Malarchuk. He called up my mom and asked if, he said, uh, would Jeff like to play hockey? And uh, I I was young. My mom had already put me to bed, and she says, well, I don't know if you'd like to. He said, well, it's registration is tomorrow night, and if he wants to, we need to do something right away. He said, I could help. So mom came into my room. She woke me up and said, Jeff, do you want to play hockey? I thought she was playing a joke on me. I'm like, why would you have to uh, uh, hockey now? Like, well, what's, she says, no, would you like to actually play hockey, learn to play hockey? I said, of course I would. So she got me dressed up that night. We went down to Sears and she got me some equipment. And for the next probably seven years, Mr. Malarchik took me to almost every practice in every game. He showed me how to put on my shoulder pads and my shin pads. He, he tied my skates just like he tied his son, Chad, who played, we played together. He even brought, bought me Slurpees. <laughs> he treated me like, like his own kid. I remember one time I had scored a goal and... Uh, you know, I had this big post-goal celebration all lined up, and I started showboating on the ice, and Mr. Malarchuk 
he came out of his seat. He came down and leaned over the bench as I came into the player's bench. He said, Jeff, come here. I thought he was going to high-five me or something for the goal. He looked me in the eye and he said, don't you ever showboat like that again. I don't care what the other kids are doing. It's a bad look. Don't do that, okay? I said, yeah, okay, Mr. Malarchuk, I won't do that. He treated me like his own kid. I've, I've often thought about Mr. Malarchuk. I ran into him actually a little while ago at a, a funeral I was doing. And I hadn't seen him in like 30 years, 35 years. I just, I still think about what he did for me. I mean, because of him, literally because of Mr. Malarchuk, I still play hockey today. Some of my closest friends I met in the hockey world, I would have never known without him. Like, I'm a dad now. I'm a dad to three kids. I think about how, li- how busy my life was as my kids were growing up and what it would have taken to carve out another seat, to be phoning next door saying, hey, Mrs. Jarvis, is Jeff ready to go? We need to leave in five. All the times that he was scrambling to get his kid ready and then me. I think, Why? Why would he have been so generous like that with his time and his energy? I mean, at a time in my life when, like, family, everything going on between my, my parents, it was such a dark chapter. Because of Mr. Malarczyk, he brought something so beautiful in my life. What a gift. I want you to just take a moment before we get into this this morning, and just think about someone who's touched your life in some generous way. I'm betting someone has. Maybe someone slipped you some cash one time when you were in a bad place. Maybe someone helped you out with a payment you didn't have. Maybe someone let go a debt that you owed. But maybe it wasn't money. Maybe someone opened up their home and said, why don't you come today with us? Maybe someone took you to the hospital at a time when you were hurting and just sat with you, waiting to be let in. Maybe it was someone who gave of their time, a scouts or brownie leader. Maybe it was a, a coach in some sporting event that, that volunteered their time to be able to give you the experience like I got. You think about the way that that act of generosity helped you in that moment, that shaped you, that gave you that kind of that hope, gave you an opportunity you didn't necessarily should have had. I think at some point in our lives we've all experienced or at least witnessed the life-changing magic of generosity. And I would hope that we've all experienced the joy that comes from being generous. You know what I'm talking about? That rush on the inside, that sense of doing something really important, something meaningful for someone else. You know in some way, they're just like going, oh my God, (laughs) this is so kind. 
I saw it happen last Sunday when we were out on the river pathway cleanup. Bunch of volunteers lugging these bags of garbage, scouring the riverbed and all around the river pathway. And every now and then, someone on the walk or someone running or a biker just stops and just looks out and says, thank you. And we're like, oh, yeah, hey, no problem. They're saying, no, thank you. Again and again, people just going, thank you for doing this. Why would you do this? Asking all these questions. Every time something like that would happen, I'd just glance over and I'd see these volunteers, big smiles. I've watched it throughout the years where even children who are on the, on the cleanup with us, it's just the pride, the sense of purpose. Man, they were, cl- they were looking for every piece of garbage now. I mean, it just revved them up, that feeling inside. I get that feeling almost every time. I donate platelets. I sit in that chair and, you know, maybe from start to finish, maybe it's a couple hours, and I get out of that chair, and they say, oh, thank you, Mr. Jarvis, for, for donating today. You know, at a time when I, I should be saying, Jesus, two hours of my day, I don't get back. It never works that way. It's a wrapping up my arm. I'm just like, oh, that feels so good to be able to do something, to give back in some way. There is not a day I've driven out of that parkade where I'm going, man, I'm glad I did this. It's a counterintuitive experience, this generosity thing, isn't it? At least it can be. You think you should have less. You think you should feel more empty. But in some way, it leaves you feeling better. Sometimes more full, like you have more. Perhaps this is what Jesus meant when he said, you know, you try to hang on to your life. You try to cling and grasp and hoard things for you. You'll lose it. But if you give up your life, for my sake, you'll find it. You'll save it. There's this whole other side of life that seems to come into play when we stop grasping and clinging. And when we open up and realize, gosh, I got something actually I can give. Something magical happens when you do that. Our spiritual ancestors, they tapped into this. They spoke of it often. In fact, the Bible's littered with stories and challenges to be more generous. The writer of Proverbs wrote, the world of the generous just gets larger and larger, while the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. They had this image, this belief that somehow when you engaged in acts of generosity, you were invoking something deeper and wider. Another writer in Proverbs wrote, mercy to the needy is actually a loan to God. Oh, you think you're just giving money to that person and it's never, no, no. You're loaning to God, not to that guy. That guy may never repay you, but God sees to it. It gets paid back. Whether you've been on the receiving end or on the giving end, chances are you know the magic I speak of. Uh, 
I've had a lot of conversations with people over the years about generosity. I've never met one person who's looked me in the eye and said, this is a farce. Generosity. Every person, especially those on the spiritual journey, want somehow to be generous people. They, they want to act generously. They want that to be part of who they are. But wanting to be generous and actually being generous, those are two different things, isn't it? Like, you don't just wake up generous. At some point, something, you, you start wrestling with it, don't you? I mean, if I look honestly at my life, there have been times where I have intentionally said, okay, I'm doing this. Whether I was feeling it or not, there have been other times where I went, nope. If you've ever been burned through an act of generosity, perhaps you've witnessed times when your generosity levels just dried up. I'd say my generosity levels have been ebbing and flowing throughout my life. There are times when I've just said no instinctively. Just, I didn't even want to hear, didn't want to consider it because I had been taken advantage of. So the next guy comes along and it's like, nope, sorry. There were times I wasn't sure that my generosity was the right thing in that situation. There were times when it just seemed like too much of a hassle. I had plans and I just pretended I didn't see it. Let me ask you something. How would you estimate your generosity levels lately? We were meeting with one of the teams this morning and that was a question that was asked. Like, how has COVID affected your generosity levels? Do you find yourself a little less inclined in this season? I wouldn't be surprised. We go through times where it's like fear of what's going to happen economically, all this, and we tighten up. Scarcity does that. You go, but I got to just make sure home base is covered. I get it. What has been your trajectory? Would you say you're a more generous person now than you've been maybe in the early parts of your life? Or has it shifted? Is it on its way up or not? I think these are healthy questions to ask because Generosity, from all my research and my experience, it is not automatic. It rarely just happens. Because it's complicated, isn't it? Generosity can be complicated. Like, is it generous to help people who will in turn help you? Like, we see this in the corporate world, isn't it? A lot of back scratching. Hey, I'm going to take care of you, wink, wink, but it'll be your turn next. Is that generosity? Is it generosity if your gift doesn't really help someone? Like at one time, I used to feel really good. Like if I was in a real generous mood and I'd be driving through the downtown and I saw someone who looked down on their luck, I'd pull out a $20 bill and I'd walk up to them and I'd grab their hand and say, buddy, and I'd feel so good about that. But now, you know, research tells us that that money often doesn't find its way into real constructive places. 
Often it finds its way into drug abuse or substance abuse of some sort. And it's just like, oh, now it's like, is that even generous? Is that helping? And what needs really warrant generosity? Like for someone who's having a tough time paying their cable bill or their car payment, to help out with that kind of need when you know that there are people who can't put food on their table? And, geez, like, even just, what about those people that don't seem to know how to say thank you? Or don't know how to show even any sort of appreciation? Should that be a sign that my generosity wasn't needed in that moment? I mean, I love helping when it's really appreciated, but man, there are times when I'll volunteer for something. It's like, man, I'm just one of... A thousand volunteers, and I'm thinking, geez, is this really worth it? Do you ever kind of wonder these things? What does healthy generosity look like? And what if a need presents itself that really tugs at the heart? Is that the sign that you should? You know, it gives you the real warm fuzzies. You see a, a child that's starving. You go, oh, I'm given to that. But then what about the inmate who can't land a job once his sentence has been finished. That doesn't make me feel the same way. The need is still real. So, are the warm fuzzies a part of the equation or no? That's tricky, isn't it? And then how much is considered generous? I mean, for someone to give a hundred dollars Compared to many people's financial worlds, it would be the equivalent of giving 10,000. And yet for others giving 10,000, it's like for some giving 10 bucks. They don't even notice it coming out of their bank account. What, what is it, the size of the gift? Or is it that the level of sacrifice, is that what does it? Is it the frequency the amount of time and the amount of energy, the amount of sacrifice. You see what I mean? Everyone might want to be generous, but boy, I tell you, actually living out a generous life is complicated. And for that reason, I've, I've watched many people sign off of generosity. They believed in it at one point, and then it got complicated, and they backed away. But I'm here to tell you that the rewards of a generous life, not just personally, but the, the change of a world that we can affect through acts of generosity is massive. And in the spiritual journey, it seems there's a constant challenge from our spiritual ancestors to continue to find ways to cultivate it in our lives. What I've observed is that the more you seem to practice it, the more you wrestle with these complexities, and if you continue to wrestle, you find ways through them, you find strategies. Not just to be able to do it, but to do it in a way that just cultivates more compassion and heart and drive and motivation to do it. 
I think there's some people that are waiting for the motivation. I'm not sure it works that way. But I'm not going to speak so much to what will motivate you to do it, but I want to do, what I wanted this morning to do is talk about kind of these stages of generosity that I've observed over the years. What it looks like as generosity becomes more and more a way of life in the lives of people. A number of weeks ago, I, I spoke about love and how it seems there's these different stages of loving different degrees. I talked about the swimming badges, Red Cross swimming badges. It's like, you know, it starts off pretty elementary, but then it kind of grows. And your, your level, the level of difficulty, the level of precision, the, just the acumen that's involved in living out this way, it, it seems to kind of continue to progress. There's an evolution. And just like love, it works the same way in generosity. So this morning, I want to talk about these stages, these levels, these badges of generosity. It seems people just over, like find themselves progressing toward. They don't know it. It's not like they're saying, oh, give me the badge. I mean, I, no, it's nothing like that. Like, I mean, yellow badge, that would be the lowest badge. I think we've all experienced this kind of generosity. I mean, haven't we all stood at the till at the store? when the lady says, would you like to donate $2 to cancer research? Now, I heard some people say this morning, a minute ago, no way do I do that. But maybe, okay, so maybe that doesn't tweak something inside you. Maybe you've walked out the store around Christmas as someone's ringing the bells, saying, would you give to sell the Salvation Army? I think all of us have found ourselves in those situations where we look at the need and we go, I'd be a jerk not to do something. So what do we do? We reach into our pocket and we go, oh gosh, what do I got? And, and whatever you have on you, you look through and you go, oh, you got five bucks? Oh, here we go. And you, you throw five bucks in there. And at this stage, you know, it's basically what you got, whatever's convenient. You got change in your pocket, you're dropping it in there. You use two bucks? Oh yeah, sure, add that to my belt. That's fine. This is, this is the basic level. It's what convenient, what do I have on hand? Now, if you don't have anything on hand, it's easy, a yellow badge, to kind of say, ah, oh, geez, I wanted to, I'm sorry. I don't have any cash. I'm telling you, Salvation Army's got to get on that because less and less of us are carrying cash. Isn't that true? Anyways, if you happen to reach in your pocket and you got a wad of cash, yellow belt, what you're doing is you're going, okay, well, how much would be convenient without being insulting? Let's be honest. You're not going, hey, I'm throwing the whole lot, wad in, but you're going, well, I got 35 here. I'm going to, I'll give 10. Yellow badge is fairly easy and it's, it's definitely convenient. But then there's the next level. We'll jump up to red badge here. Nicole had a, heard about a family who was going through a major ordeal with their child's health. Uh, the family had been in and out of the hospital, and this was throwing their whole lives upside down. Nicole knew this family really well and saw just the turmoil they were in, and her heart broke for them. Something inside her twigged. This family hated asking for help, and they weren't asking. She says, I am going to ask for them. Nicole got on the phones and started roping in a bunch of families to start cooking meals. She phoned up some people who she knew would have a little extra cash. She said, would you donate? We need a parking pass for this family for the next month. They are paying through the nose. 
we need some babysitters because they're kids. They, the parents just can't do it. Is there anyone out there? She just began rallying support. What she did on her own for that family was unbelievable. Over that course of that month, to see the army of people that were showing up, this family is going, where is this all coming from? What is going on? It was a woman who, who felt the need, saw it, and said, I'm going to do something about this thing. When you get up to Yellow Belt, it's, it's no longer necessarily about convenience. You see something and you're going, ah, there is a need, I can see it, and I want to do something. It's normally a one-time kind of a project, but you're willing to give more than what's convenient. And I've watched this happen throughout our community. In fact, there are people continually in our community signing up, going, no, no, throw my name on that list. Red level. They're carving out chunks of time. This Saturday, Friday and Saturday, some of you are giving eight hours to serve in a casino. Some of you doing it until four in the morning. Some of you have to work the next day. I'm going, wow. Why? Because you see a need and you're going, I know this will make a difference. I know the amount of money that that will inject into this organization. Some of you be giving up evenings to babysit someone's kids. Some of you, you barely knew the family and you did that. Some of you have loaned money that you barely had, but you knew that person had way less. Some of you have given up a day to move. Let me tell you something. Hats off to all you movers. How many of you showed up and you're going, why did I say yes? Red level. It's just going to take a chunk of my flesh today. But you know how bad they needed the help and you did it. Red level. More commitment. Normally still it's project based. But you see the need. You see it up close and you're going, I'm doing this. Then you jump up another level. This is blue badge level territory. You know, years ago, Friends Church, we partnered with Food for the Hungry, a humanitarian organization, and we adopted a Guatemalan village. How many were around? I'm just curious of how many. Okay, so there's some of you. Um, we adopted this Guatemalan village. This was our introduction to our community to, to blue belt generosity. This was not a one-time shot. This wasn't a you know, kind of a airdrop in, boots on the, we're going we're gonna to be heroes for the weekend, build something, and then kind of get airlifted out and say, hey, there you go. No, this was what we call a development project. Part of the world that was hit hardest by chronic malnutrition, these people were stunted, they were drinking diseased water, they weren't eating properly. There's a whole bunch of different things that were st- systemic. We said, we can come in, we will partner with some big organizations, and over the course of 10 years, we're going to revitalize this community. It involved clean water projects, piping clean water that wasn't diseased into that village. It meant brown water removal, dealing with the sewage from that community so that they wouldn't live in the contamination. Food education, medical, schools, we built classrooms, all these different things. Hundreds of thousands of dollars went into it. Ten years, and you know what? Most of the people that sat in our community never got to sit there and shake the hands of these people. They never got to see these people, like, overwhelmed with emotion. Oh, my God, you're changing our lives. There's none of that. 
people were sitting in these seats writing checks to a non-sexy, long-term development project that would likely not really develop or benefit the community right then and there, but for generations and generations to come. This was not flies in the eyes, oh, tug at my heartstrings kind of thing. No, this was, this was a, a, an effort from our community that said we're, we want to we touch the lives of people that we might never meet because we can, because we have resources. And we believe in helping our neighbor. It was the most profound experience watching our community Again and again, step up to the plate, stepping up to the plate, stepping up to the plate. Ten years on this, at, at this level, you, don't, you lose the front row seat. You don't know the name of that person you're helping. We watched this. Dan was a guy who, whose dad died of cancer. It was tragic. He watched what cancer did to his dad. He said, it's heartbreaking. Every time he heard of someone whose relative or some family member was struggling with cancer, it just broke his heart. He's going, I'm doing something. So he got out. He wasn't even a bike rider. Went for one of those cancer rides. Rose, raised 10 grand first year. And he made a commitment. He said, from here on in, I'm doing this every year in honor of my dad. And for all those families out there who might lose their dad too, I'm going to start raising money so that they might never have to. Ooh, that's blue level. That's blue level. I don't need the front row seat. I don't need to see the need. I don't need to have them saying, thank you, Jeff, what you did, brother. No, you, you surrender it. We see people doing this right now, giving to Red Cross, people in Ukraine. You'll never meet those Ukrainians likely. But you want to alleviate suffering in some way. Save the children, donating to children's hospitals, cancer research. Some of you are donating pre-authorized giving to Friends Church. Sure, you're benefiting some. But you're giving so that so many people beyond this place, beyond even who you know, can benefit from what we're doing. This is blue level. Then it jumps up another level. And again, is this... Scientific. I'm just sharing some stuff that I've witnessed. Seems like there's another level. We'll call this green badge level. At this level, there's a noticeable shift within givers where they're willing to make a more long-term commitment. Up until this point, it's kind of been, well, when opportunities present themselves, I'm going to give. At this stage, something happens where people say, no, I believe in what is going on here enough that I am actually going to alter the way I spend my time and energy and money so that I can give to this thing on a regular basis. There's a shift there. I watch it when people sign up for pre-authorized giving here. There's a shift. Up on that point, it's kind of like, well, if I have something, I'll, I'll give it. Yeah, great. When they start doing that now, it becomes a budget item. 
something shifts there. I remember the difference when this lady down at blood, Canadian Blood Services said, Jeff, would you mind if we put you on the schedule? So rather than you telling us when you're going to come and donate, actually we tell you when you're going to come in. Now we'll work with you. How often? I was like, well, how often is everyone doing this? And that's at this level, at green badge level, that's often the question. You're willing to make a commitment, but it's kind of, at this level, you're kind of saying, well, what does everyone else do around here? I get that question asked a lot when we talk about PAG. What is the, uh, what's the going rate around here? Like when people sign up, like is that a, a throwing a 20 in there or whatever? I said, well, you know, if you average out all the PAG giving, we're looking at about $173 per donor per month. Some people do that. Some go, oh, that's it? Oh, okay. All right. Sign me up for that. It's interesting how we do that. Sometimes people will sign up for volunteer spots. And they'll go, uh, okay, so do I just tell you when, I, when I'm available? They said, well, we'd like to get you onto a schedule. Oh, okay, so how often is that? At this level, green badge level, it's basically all you're saying is, okay, what is everyone doing? I'm in for that. But the fact that you're willing to put yourself on the calendar... The fact that you're willing to say, I, I will come again. And I'm willing to be account- held accountable to that. That is a huge shift. And, it, it, and if you've ever done that, you know it's, there's some gravity around that. It's like, geez, I'm committing to this long term? Whew. Okay. It's a level of maturity that jumps up. And it's a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing. Then something starts shifting even within that. And I know that there have been many people within our community that have demonstrated green level generosity in so many different areas of your life. Like, I wish, I wish I could just start telling you guys all stories about some of your stories. Because it is mind-blowing. There are people here that are giving a day a week to causes and have been for years. The money that they get. And, and the, the, I know there are situations. I'm just like going, and the causes they're involved in. Something starts happening at this green level where when you start signing up for things, it starts shifting where the thing you're giving to, the time, the energy, the money, whatever it is, whatever resource you got, it's becoming more and more a part of your identity. When people say, I want to be a generous person, something starts happening inside them. Begin locking into, okay, if that's who I am, then where, where am I going to give my time and my, my resources to? And the thing, the target of their generosity actually be, starts to take on part of their identity. Around here, we talked about it often as being your water. We told people, figure out what your water is. Because everyone has, and so we define water as that thing that is in you, that God, the sacred, the world, the more than, can use in you and through you to make your world better. 
You can't, you can't take water everywhere. But the truth is you've got talents, you've got abilities, you've got heart, you've got passion, and you have compassion for certain things in this world. The question is where? Where are those things? At green level, it starts honing in. You're saying, I'm not committing, putting myself on the schedule for every cause, but that cause has my number. And here's why. And that thing is what I want to be about. And all of a sudden, something starts happening where you see the success of that organization as part of your own success, as your own legacy. You start looking at an organization that starts to thrive, and you feel like it is your success because you're invested in it. That's water. That becomes water. It becomes a part of your own spiritual journey where you're going, I'm doing this, not just to get some pat on the back. This is why I exist. It's part of my mission in life. When that begins to happen, it's magic. You watch people saying no to unbelievable things so that they can give of their life and of their gifts and their talents. People serving on boards for years, donating obscene amounts of money, time, energy, recruiting family members. The stories that we hear again and again of people to start moving into this realm, it's like they got these 50-gallon it's pails of water that they're just carrying week in and week out and they couldn't be happier. The meaning, the purpose in their life. At some point, something begins to shift even within this level. can And you begin thinking deeper about your capacity to give. A green level, it's kind of like, no, okay, I'm going to sign up for this thing. And you start getting excited. You start feeling the success of that thing or that, that group of people or that cause or whatever. And it's becoming yours. And you're proud of your involvement. But then you, it, it seems like something happens and you jump up another level to this gray badge level. Something happens in here where you start really looking less and thinking less about the organization and more at your own capacity to give. This is a fascinating thing. When people start, it's almost like they, they start looking at their pool of resources, all the money they make. All the time, the disposable time they have, the energy, their skill sets. They start looking at it like this big pie. They're going, here's what I have to give to this world. After, after you know, like all the bills, here's the available pie. And they start asking the question, how much of my pie at the end of this year do I want to have given away? They reverse engineer. They're not waiting for the, the opportunity to tell them how much. They're not waiting to decide based on what everyone else is doing. No, they start looking at their own capacity and start saying, okay, I am not the average person. I don't have the money, those people, but man, I got the time. And I got these skill sets. And they begin deciding in advance, 
by the end of this year, I'm going to have given this many volunteer hours away. The question then becomes very quickly at gray badge level. They decide early on how much I'm giving away. That gets decided right away. Now the question is, where's it going? Who's getting my time and my energy and my money? They've already decided it's there. One guy was telling me, he sets aside, so of his, of his donation pie, the percentage, he says, okay, so this many thousand dollars I'm setting aside. Now of that, I reserve for every request that comes my way. Just random. Oh, I'm a part of this blah, blah, blah fundraiser. Here we go. He says, I don't even have to think about it. I say yes until that chunk of my chunk is gone. Yep, yes. Well, who do I write this out to? Great. Here you go. E-transfer, there you go. Makes it easy. One lady hives out a bunch, goes and spends it on Tim Horton's cards, gift cards, has them in her glove compartment. Every time she drives by and she sees someone holding a sign that says, could you donate? She just pulls out one of those Tim Horton cards and says, here you go. She says, I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to feel guilty about giving them cash. I know it's going at least get them a meal. Love that. The question is how much I'm going to give. I've already made that decision. Now I've got to figure out a way how to spend it all. And who's deserving of it? And now I've got to wrestle through that complexity. Oh, man, that's, that's gray badge level. You're, you're, you get to that level, you're going, man, at the end of this year, I don't want to be sitting back and going, what did I do? I, all my money got freaking spent on me. And that happens. Gray badge level, they say, no, that's not going to happen. And I'm going to tell you why, because I am hiving that off right now. I'm going to give three hours, I'm going to give on average three hours a week to some cause. Now, where is it going to be? Or three hours a month, where is it going to be? If this makes you uncomfortable, I hope it does. I hope it does. And this is for your sake. Because I'm telling you, when you become a giver, you will come back and thank me if you aren't yet. You'll say, why have I waited so long? It's the most beautiful thing that we can do is give part of our lives away. The last level I'll speak to, and I I don't want to waste much time on it, just because (laughs) it's a, well, it's, it's a goal. It's the ultimate level, as far as I can tell, but it's when you reach that place in life where you begin to ask, not how much do I want to give away, but actually how much do I need? How much do I actually need to live? And the rest is going away. I don't know what you're thinking as I share some of this this morning. Maybe some of you would say, man, you got gall, Jarvis, to talk about some of this stuff. I used to get really nervous talking about giving, generosity. But when you tie into the generosity, when you tie into that way of life, when you realize you were meant to give back 
in some way in your life. You realize this is the greatest gift we could ever challenge people to embrace. So without apology, I'm asking this morning to think deeply about where you are in your journey. Regardless of what stage you're operating at, I'm hoping, number one, you'll just be reminded of the impact of your generosity. My coach this week said, if you, if you talk to Mr. Malarczyk about this, Oh, no. I, she, said, she said, you should send him the notes. You should send him the link to this. Because I don't know if he would know how deeply he's impacted you. And I'm thinking, yeah. I think about the opportunity they have to make a difference on a little Jervis in my world. me something else that could get you out of bed that would be worthwhile find your freaking water this week find your thing be intentional about it even if if you're spent maybe you have what feels like zero margin in your life just find one little thing that you can do maybe it's just getting on the phone and just listening to someone that just needs to talk I don't know what your thing will be if you're at the early stages, maybe rather than just waiting for random situations to act, maybe you'll say, I'm going to look intentionally today for something that will involve me giving away something. Maybe up to this point you've, you've said, okay, well, if something gives me the warm and fuzzies, then... And maybe today the challenge is to not wait for the warm fuzzies. And sometimes just be willing when a need presents itself, not ask any more questions, just do it. Because I'm not sure which comes first. Whether you feel excited about being generous and then you give, or whether you give and in the process you start to feel more generous. I don't know. Maybe your next move is to just think deeper about the kinds of needs and causes out there that will become a part of who you are in terms of your legacy and what you're going to build in this world. What your water is. If you've been doing this for a while, perhaps the challenge is to think deeper about your pie and what percentage you've allowed yourself to give away. Versus what you could. I don't know what direction your generosity journey is taking you, but I have a feeling, if you're honest, you do. And I just pray that this week you'll have the courage to step up and try this on or, or take it a step further and deeper and wider and you too will experience the magic of the generous life. My hope and prayer is that we all experience this thing. I am so proud to be a part of a community. You know, COVID has kicked the wind out of our generosity sails. There was a time when we would put up a graph behind here and it would show what percentage of our annual budget 
was actually being funneled into causes beyond Friends Church. At one time, there was a string before the downturn in the economy. We were, we were giving over 18% of our entire budget to causes, to people, to needs that didn't trace back to Friends Church. They say the average church across the country will give about 3%. We have a generous community. And COVID probably has kicked us and made us question what we're actually capable of doing. But I'm here to challenge you to reconsider the thoughts, the beliefs that maybe we've embraced almost accidentally, almost subconsciously, and to return to a way of giving that will change your world. It will change your life and it will change your world. It's a double dip. You can't ask for more than that. All right. Class is dismissed. Thanks for coming this week. I hope you'll join us next week. We're continuing on with this series, The Fruit of Spiritual Life. I know you'll enjoy it. Have a great week out there. Let's be generous, hey? Eh?